pal Cal here, and I'm hanging with the bad guys, these bad boys, for heel, pop, and chair shots. Till then, catch you guys on the flip side. Welcome to Back Wrestle Nerds, Victor Villa here. Let's see you making your way to the ring. Missed it, you heard? JP Savage. The All Father, Old School Joe. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time once again to shoot the ish. And we got a special guest for you, man. The Grizzly, Cal Jack. How you doing? Talk to him a minute. Yo, what's up, you guys? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on, man. I appreciate your time, man. Thanks you for for being on tonight, man. No, no problem. You know, it's been a busy week. I just moved to Vegas, so kind of in an unpacking phase. But it's been it's been good so far. <laughs> unpacking. unpacking, living phase. out living out of boxes for weeks. That's that's what that for, is, right? <laughs> for a little bit. Right, right now, I got a bunch of garage just waiting to get unloaded. It's been good so far. Okay, okay. How's the weather out there right now? So I thought Vegas was going to be it was like semi cloudy, not bad. It was like eighty degrees, you know. So I can't complain. About I just know at night it gets cold out there. It gets a little uh, nippy. That's fine, it's a man. Nippy. But you're a grizzly, so you're good. Uh, that's that's right. We, you know, it's true, it's true. And I'm almost in hibernation, almost hibernation time right now. So woo! <laughs> no, as long as you don't like watch out for everybody. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, in Jersey, so it's nice and cold out here. It's not as good as the eighties. Yeah. we'd like oh. to be, but uh, right. yeah, we, East Coast they skip they skip fall. It was all winter. Yeah, that's winter. Some of the winter. My sister used to live on the right bank, so oh yeah, I just go summer to winter. So oh yeah, yeah, that's the way to do Jersey. Summer <laughs> and that's it. Like and that's, that's it. it. There's Nothing else. Summer to straight, straight winter. Yeah, that's it. You know, everybody in Jersey doesn't summer, leaves Jersey. That's what it is. I'm sure you're ready to turn it all up in Vegas out there, man. Talk to me about your your passion for the business, man. You've been doing it a while now. Talk to me about how you got into it and and, and what brought you to to the business that we love so much. So, I was a semi-fan as a little kid, and I kind of lost touch into pro wrestling as I got older because I was an amateur wrestler. And my dad was the head coach of the kids' wrestling club. So, we used to go, and, like, his work would get done at, like, 6 p.m. So, I was wrestling during, like, the Attitude Era. So, I couldn't really Mm -hmm. catch a whole lot of it just just Mm -hmm. because of the time. So, by the time I get home, you know, West Coast, so... You know, it starts at 8 our time. You know, we didn't have the internet or anything to look up stuff. So, I missed a lot. But then, um, I got introduced to pro wrestling um, by Jerry Briscoe when I was in college. Um, he uh, he was recruiting because that was what Jerry used to do was he would go to, like, college tournaments, look at some guys that had they, – they didn't have any great amateur wrestlers, but – you know, dudes that seemed charismatic or athletic. And he talked to me my sophomore year in college, and he was just like, hey, would you want to try out for WWE or, you know, get into pro wrestling? And, you know, I said, sure. And he goes, if you're All-American, you do well, you you can do – you have a better chance of getting signed. And I said, okay. 
So I kind of had a little bit of up and down college career, but I managed to become an All-American my senior year, and uh, that was a good big green light for me to oh, um, yeah. to get a tryout. And I did the whole tryout thing in Florida. It was 2012 is when I first got in the ring the first time. Um, did well in the tryout, and then came in the following year, uh, January 2013, and been a, it's been a roller coaster for sure. So, and then just from there, I'll say this though, when I got let go from WWE is when I really started liking pro wrestling, like more mm. of like really, really got into it because it tends to have that effect. <laughs> no, seriously, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know anything when I first came. I didn't know anything. No one, no one cued me up because the thing is, what a lot of guys do before they go to trials or whatever. They go to wrestling schools. They find a dojo. They get smartened up. They don't smart me up, man. I was just doing whatever. And then by the time you get there, I had a whole year where I could have at least gone somewhere to like really figured it out, dude. It was the hardest fuck. Well, not the. It was mentally challenging because like you're learning this whole thing. They're teaching a dance that you don't know how, you don't know what to do because you're so used to doing this amateur shoot shit. And then they, they're telling you, like, ease up, lighten up, and you just, you're just you so used to just want to throw somebody. But that's, you, you have to do it in a safe way, obviously. So I, I really started getting into it more when I got let go, and then I started to learn what the indies were. And then I really started to learn what it means to grind and find yourself as a pro wrestler when you don't have fucking coaches and guys just fucking, you know, telling you what to do, how to do things. You have to do things a certain way because this is the way you have to do it for television. It's like, you do the indies, man. There's no television. You can the people that come watch and support. And then you find out that's actually really fucking fun. And that's that's the shit that I, I've started really getting into. And, you know, it, it's been it's been a, a long road, but it's been, it's been an adventure. So, so what was... What was that first match like where you were like, holy shit, this could be fun. Like, this is fun. Like, what was so, that like? Okay, I'll, I'll talk about my – I had a practice match in developmental. And first practice match, it was me and Rusev. And um, I know. So, he – it's so, like, Rusev was like, all right, you can, you can win with a stunner. And I was like, dude, I don't, I don't want to do it. It's the easiest move to take. You know? <laughs> I was like so green and just so nervous. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Are you sure? And he's like, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. And then he's like, all right, screw it. Then we'll just do whatever. And then I'll stun you. It was like maybe a four-minute practice match. But in front of a lot of the, that first class of NXT guys, mm. all were watching it. So it wasn't like – it wasn't beginners. It was like really, really good guys. They were dying because I was so, they thought it was the funniest shit because I didn't know what I was doing. And I was probably training for like maybe a few months at that point. So it's it still, it was just, man, it was like a, it was like a newborn baby deer. Like it was wallowing over. I just couldn't stop. But um, I'll say when I did the indies and I had my first um, indie match, I was really fortunate because my first indie match was me and uh, Jody Christofferson, who, you know, he, he's Chris Christofferson's uh, son, and he was in NXT with me as Garrett Dillon. So we, him and I were a tag team, and we took on the Reno Scum. That was my mm-hmm. first team match. And nice. the Reno Ooh. Scum are Shout killing it right now. Yeah, so, That's crazy. Um, 
so that was like a really fun, like such a good. I, I was really lucky to have that be my first indie match. And ever since then, it's been kind of up and down as far as like opponents go. But I was really lucky. It was in like some little rinky-dink shitty town in Northern California, uh, <laughs> just in front of just some trashy people. But hey, you know, <laughs> good. Good. Wrestling fans are a type. I get it. There must have been at least one trainer that loved the fact that you were green because you had the potential, the body, the look, etc. Because a lot of times they do say some performers come with bad habits. That's well. I think it's funny now because I think all the training schools, especially now, I don't. I'm not totally hip on how it is in other areas. But I do know in NorCal that a lot of guys, when they go to uh, these tryouts, whether they make it or they don't make it, they take the information they got, the tryouts, they always bring it back to the school. And pretty much the tryouts are like what you do in practice every day. And then they see if you can do what they do in practice for warm-ups and like running the ropes and rolls. Just, they just look at footwork and body awareness pretty much, and if you're coachable. So they take that information and they reapply to the schools. So I think you see, and the reason why I think there's such a big indie boom is a lot of guys are taking those little information, the information from those tryouts or from guys they know that are in the business and they're sharing it along. So guys are able to like go to WWE, go to NXT and they get, man, they get, they debut so fast compared to what it was back in the day. So when, so me being there, I, my favorite trainer I had, I only had him for like maybe two months, was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Because Ooh. he, yeah. He That's had, a name. Yeah. I know. So he had an amateur background um, mm-hmm. out of Florida. And, you know, he actually, he was pretty good at like taking a, you know, a guy who has that kind of background and like just giving him advice on how to do things and what to do things. So he was my yeah, favorite trainer between him uh, Norman Smiley, I think, which you guys probably know, he gets praised mm-hmm. all the time. Norman is great. Um, but I think one of the coaches, I think, was a little too on the ball as far as, like, giving guys clues on how to make it without them kind of figuring out their own. I would say, like, Nick Densmore, Eugene. Mm-hmm. He, he, was, he was a really – I think he was a really smart coach, but I think he might have rubbed some of the higher-ups the wrong way because too many of the guys – we're kind of figuring it out because he's cueing the men without giving you know the nerves or making them you know I don't know I just felt like he 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 allowed the guys a little too much and mm. that just rubbed some of the guys the higher ups the wrong way which I mean that was that was dumb I think Nick was a really underrated great coach he's a, mm. like such a guy who was in OVW for so long he just knows the business better than anyone yeah. so another case of uh, unfortunate politics. Yeah, definitely, for sure. That's just that's just the way it is sometimes, man. You know. But um, I think another coach I really like is like Robbie Brookside, who you know, big in Europe, big all over. He he was he's a great coach, and I actually lived with Robbie for like a year when he first became a coach, and oh, wow. that was super helpful. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Those were fun times. But I mean, you have me. I'm from California. This dude's all the way from you know Liverpool in England. So that was. That was an interesting experience. Wow. 
But like, yeah, and I no, can imagine no, the amount of information you were able to get from him living with him, that's, you know, because that's like that's twenty four seven school. That's that's the thing. So Robbie was really trade. good at like yeah, no, exactly. And what's cool about Robbie is Robbie's the type of guy where he didn't necessarily show me a lot of moves, but he's all about the passion, the facial, <laughs> feeling in the moment, uh, how you can you can give someone a look. And it could carry. But the thing is, that's all great stuff for on TV wrestling. In indies, you don't really have those kind of opportunities to, like, show your facials and stuff. So I think it all depends, man. But as far as, like, now being in the indies, I mean, you got to coach yourself for sure with the guys you work with and stuff. And you got to record your own shit. You got to review it. You got to make sure you watch it. You get a, a second opinion. You get a third opinion. You get a fourth opinion. And you just got to take every, you know, take everything, but take it with a grain of salt for sure. And then just apply it and try to reinvent yourself any way you can. Who was the biggest ball buster? What was, what was the coach that was just like, God damn it, man. Like, just on your ass. Like, you know what it is? You knew as soon as I asked. That, that face you put, you were like, oh, this guy, I know exactly what I'm saying. That's well, the one. That's the one we want you to that, say, that guy. Here's the thing. This guy, and I'll just, I'll just say this, the dude, um, he was already kind of under a lot of criticism, for sure, and he's, you know, he's, he's definitely, you know, that's all you need to know, but to be honest, I didn't mind it, other guys were kind of thin-skinned, couldn't take the heat, um, and it's different, because I have an amateur background, man, and college coaches mm-hmm. are, you know, such a my dad was a coach, yeah, yeah, they can be, they can yeah, be the worst. mean. I, I, I think he was a jersey guy. He is a Jersey guy. So, <laughs> Jersey. Um, yeah, but I, I just feel like he was, he was, you know, it's whatever, man. I, I, I like him a lot as a coach and as a person. Some people do not, and instead of, like, taking it any way they can, they might write something or just complain or bitch out. Whatever. Hey, I wasn't there for the worst of it, but, and that's, other people's experiences, so I can't touch on it, but I didn't have a bad moment. But there were times where just like, fuck, are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say this. this. If you were caught doing something wrong, he'd just point to the door where you you go for timeout. And um, there there was was Uh a time in training where um, Mojo Raleigh got put in the timeout zone. And uh, he, for- he he forgot that Mojo was in timeout because you're only there for like maybe five minutes, and it was raining that day. And you, you imagine before the rain, so poor Mojo was outside for like two hours. <laughs> two hours. Holy shit! <laughs> he was staying hype. He was staying hype out there. No, he wasn't. And so Mojo was even questioning because you know he's messed up in the past before too. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah. He's so, like, I practice all the time. <laughs> yeah. So there might have been a time or two where uh, that he might have forgotten a couple guys. And then, and then after practice or whatever, he goes, Mojo, where were you? What were you doing? Why, why didn't you show up? He goes, I did show up. You sent me out. <laughs> totally forgot you sent him out. Oh, that's cool. And he's like, you crazy son of a bitch. You were waiting out there the whole time. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. That's what it's. It's what you have to do, man. They tell you to do something. You exactly can't really say no. You just, you just do it. You have to soldier on. Which yeah. can, you know, some people can do. Some you people get through a wall. You try the best to get through yourself through that wall. <laughs> you, know? you try. Like, 
Listen, you 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 very detailed about how all the uh the 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 amount of tasks that you're you're given and and what what it pretty much takes nowadays and whatnot. Now I've I've been on record of saying of not not being too fond of many talents uh branching out and 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 transitioning from let's say uh genres of the UFC and MMA lifestyles into wrestling. They, they have a specific transition, and you're very familiar with collegiate wrestling, and you have your, your transition into the, the professional world. What advice would you give anybody coming from the MMA world or the UFC world? Because I, I feel like the the, 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 the the winning joke is that it's so easy for a UFC guy or MMA guy to just come into wrestling, and, and, and because it's so fake and scripted, they, they can, you know, be successful. Well... That's a great that's a great question because that to me I think there's a little bit of an intimidation factor with a lot of guys that see an MMA fighter guy that comes in and you have to also think like you, you, like you said you said Connor for example guys fuck huge well, high high level dude as far as celebrity status I don't care who you are you have to be Brock Lesnar not to give a shit about the guy you know. Um, Here's an example of like, like same with like Ronda Rousey. Like, who's gonna say anything to her? You know, their status. Um, and then you look at something like Matt Riddle, who I think Riddle came in. I don't really know. I don't know him at all. I've never met him or talked to him. But it just seemed like he he came in pretty naturally, and he he did things I think the right. Way. Um, so, and same with like Tom Lawler. Tom Lawler got into wrestling he got in MMA, by the way. Mm-hmm. So he, mm-hmm. he knew, and then he transitioned back. But it's like, you say, like, um, he's a good example of, like, a UFC guy. Okay, here's, here's an example. You guys will think this is cool. This is a fun fact. In college, I was teammates with Colby Covington. Oh. And, oh, yeah, nice. we were, yeah. So he was, we went to the same, we, went, we both went to Oregon. And Colby was a great above me. He was a senior when I was a junior. So when I was breaking into business for pro wrestling, he was doing the same thing for MMA. And, and um, wow. I think with the trajectory of our careers, like I'll say that I got a little further than him in the beginning for pro wrestling than he did for MMA. So I just remember talking about like just stuff as far as like why I like this, why do you like this? And then I texted him because I know Colby. I've known him forever. I've known him since we were in high school. Um, He's a dick, but he means well. <laughs> I, I was gonna ask. I was like, has he always been a dick? Is that just the thing? <laughs> Here's the thing: if you know what you are and you're comfortable with it, then fuck it. The truth will set you free, man. Ah, if you're a rock dick, on, baby. Fair enough. Never lost, right? So, on, rock on. Never lost. He he embraced crazy it. the other day too. It was the right thing to do. He embraced it. Because there were times in colleges where he, he, he would blow up on guys in the room. There was a funny moment where um, we, were, we were all at the water station, you know, the fucking jugs, you cup of water, swig, and he just got done wrestling. And there was one, one of my buddies was getting a thing of water, and Colby just fucking shoved him to get his cup. <laughs> and the guy was so right. fucking pissed. He fucking, Colby and him just started fighting over the, the water jugs. And they knocked over the goddamn water jug, so no one had water. Nobody wins. Got it. Nice. Nice. It's just, you know. Like walking PSA, bro. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, 
So, but he's a guy who, who you know, he did stuff with uh, American Top Team, those guys, because of Bobby Lashley, they had that mm-hmm. angle on impact. And then Colby started going to impact. He started to kind of get an idea how the business works. And then he transitioned that character you see, the MAGA and all that stuff, to his MMA. Mm-hmm. And then created his own character. And then next thing you know, man, his uh, the work became a shoot. And, you know, now he's this big Trump guy. Which, he found himself. You know, oh, man. He wasn't, but we, it's funny because, like, in college, we never, it wasn't like we talked politics hardcore. I don't, you know, I don't think we all, we didn't care. But it's just so funny <laughs> that that's how it is now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably the one case. But, you know, like I said, dude, a lot of MMA guys that come in, um, it, it's up to the wrestlers, man. Like, cause, like, here's a cool story. One of my favorite stories is, like, He's not MMA guy, but think about. I, I was listening to this one interview with like Vader, and Vader was getting in the business, and Vader was talking about how he's this big fucking dude and kick everyone's ass, and then uh, Bruiser Brody punked him out in the room. So we don't have guys like Bruiser Brody <laughs> nope. to do that, you know? Nope. So, uh, yeah. Not definitely the not changing that way. It, it's it's changing that way. From, you can fight someone, but now. You- you have feelings for someone, but you know, whatever. So, that's kind of how it is. Have you ever gotta hug it out, man. You gotta hug it out. You gotta, yeah. you gotta be in touch with your feelings. Feelings. Let's talk. Let's be friends. <laughs> Let's talk it out by the water cooler. There's Wait, always a, co- a counseling session before every match. They, we know this. <laughs> It happens backstage. Before and after. Sure. Right. I don't right. appreciate how hard you hit me. <laughs> hey, man, you really, you really got me with a potato, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so you've, you've pretty much gotten to promotions uh, galore, right? Um, is there been uh, one stop that has made you more than another? Uh, any promotion that stands out? You know... it's tough for me to say because I want to branch out more as far as promotion-wise go. I mean, this is what's funny and it's ironic. When I first got into the Indies, Bloodsport was was like my number one thing. I was like, I just want to do Bloodsport. It fits my style. You know, I've always loved the idea that I want to do Bloodsport. And then when this pandemic hit, and eight months, nothing can't do a fucking thing. It's driving me crazy. And eventually, you know, enough people talk and Barnett puts me on blood sport. And it's like, this is great. I wish I didn't have an eight month period where I wasn't absolutely doing anything, but fuck, this is great. Let's go. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because I was like, I just want to do it. And it would have been nice to have like, you know, a little bit of a trajectory to it, but it's like, nope, you know, you, you gotta be ready no matter what. So I would say Bloodsport is easily my favorite just because I just love the idea of it. Uh, I mean, man, I've been up and down the West Coast as far as promotions go. Not the biggest ones, but some pretty good ones. But I would say right now it's Bloodsport just based on popularity. I, I mean, Bloodsport was definitely where, where a lot of us noticed you. And, and I remember uh, watching the match and uh, watching you throw those gut wrenches around and I remember telling the guys right away, I got this, like, Steve Williams, Dr. Death vibe from you. As soon as I saw it, is that something you hear a lot, or is it? Well, here's the thing, man. And it's just, the thing about 
the comparisons with Dr. Death is it's really eerie because when I first got into pro wrestling, uh, I wore the red white singlet that Dr. Death. I wore that for like our picture. Nice. But the singlet belonged to my dad. It was my dad's singlet. So no uh, shit. My dad's my dad. Yeah, exactly. So my dad's asking me questions like, "Hey, how's it going?" Blah blah blah. And I told my dad, "I'm getting all these Dr. Death like vibes. Everyone's saying like, oh, you're like Dr. Death, the singlet and stuff, and kind of in a lot of ways.'" And my dad goes, "Like Steve Williams?" I'm like, "Yeah." My dad doesn't really know pro wrestling very well, but. This is the thing, man. My dad was a college wrestler. He wrestled heavyweight. And he's like, I wrestled Dr. Death in college. I'm like, no, really? And he nice. did He did tell me this as soon as I got in developmental. And I'm like, well, what happened? He's like, I pinned him. I'm like, really? Fuck yeah. Like, Hell my yeah. Like, my dad wrestled Dr. Death in college twice in the same nice. tournament. My dad wrestled him in, earlier in the tournament and in, in the brackets. He pinned Dr. Death. Uh, my dad ended up losing in the semis. Wrestled Dr. Death again for third and fourth in the tournament. And my dad pinned him again. You're good. Bar gun Dr. Death? Pretty much. It wasn't in supposed to happen. But it happened. But here's the thing. In that singlet? In that singlet? I don't know if Oklahoma was wearing that singlet, but that would be nuts. Not or Kevin Kaltek, say yes. That was it. For We could say we could say yeah. Who knows? Yes, yes. When's JR when we need him? <laughs> That's right, baby. <laughs> yeah, but it's so, it's awesome. so, it's just crazy how like that was something that actually did happen. Um, and it's just like, man, it's just, I don't know if there's some weird connection thing, but I think there is. But whenever someone brings up like clips of Doctor Death or like another wrestler does, I'm like, man, please, you don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. Doctor Death sweat. Dr. Death Sweat is on this singlet. <laughs> Never lost. Oh, my old man. My old man got over on Dr. Death twice in the same day. Uh, <laughs> Two times. Genetic pool. So, <laughs> pretty, pretty crazy. I always, I always think that's such a fun story to tell people. Uh, it is. Yeah. It is. Is, uh, is there anybody? Oh, my bad. Is there anybody yeah. that, you're, that you want to wrestle? Like anybody that you're like, ooh, there, like I'm not, not. I mean, you could. I feel like, and, and the only, I don't know how much of my stuff you guys have seen of me, but I could. I I feel like I can kind of go with anyone style wise. So there really isn't anybody. It's funny. I had a question. Someone asked me. Uh, they're mm -hmm. like, who would you rather would like between a shoot match and a pro wrestling match? Who would you rather go with, like Brock Lesnar or Kurt Angle? And I said this. And here's the thing. I have my reason. In a shoot match, like a real match, I'd rather wrestle Brock. In a pro wrestling match, I'd rather go with Kurt. Because, mm. and the reasoning is, um, with Brock, I know how he amateur wrestles. I can hang with him, and who knows how the match will go. With Kurt, Kurt's so fucking dynamic, and he's so good. I just felt like that match would be awesome. Brock is so like, suplex, 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 you know, and you really have to earn his respect for him to sell or do anything for you. So I just feel like right. with Kurt, 
it would be just so much more fun and just you can do so much with them. And then with Brock, I'd rather just fucking wrestle real with that fucking guy and just go go at it because we're not too different in size. Obviously, he's a fucking mm-hmm. beast, but it would just be that's I've always that's, that's what I would. I'd rather go shoot with Brock and Kurt. I'd rather do like a real pro wrestling match. <laughs> Brock's a big boy, but but you a big boy too. Rematch, I'd like to see. I I stood by him. I'm taller than that guy. <laughs> but you're definitely taller. He, he just he's, he's definitely wider though. He's, he's yeah, wider. he's got the he's got the mule like back me. and shit. Like he yeah. just look like a brick house. I think oh, I think high school got a rematch in mind. I definitely yeah. have this uh this one rematch. I'd like to see you go up against Jeff Cobb again. I you know that's the thing. I, I wrestled Jeff so early in my indie career. Exactly. You know, it was it was so so early, and even I was kind of like, you know, ooh, you know, Jeff's Jeff just I think Jeff just won uh, Battle of Los Angeles too. He just won Bola, and then you know, then he wrestles me at uh, Big Time Wrestling, and I was just still trying to figure out. You know, I was I was so on again, off again at that point in my career because I got fucking hurt my shoulder. I took a year off after I got let go. I, I was probably like a year and a half into my indie career. And then Jeff and I wrestled and it was, it was okay. And I would have, you know, if I was to wrestle now, it would be just night and day difference between uh, what I can do, what he can do. I mean, Jeff's so damn good. He's, you know, when someone made the, the thing, like, don't be a suplex guy unless you're these guys, Jeff Cobb. I agree. That's why I'm saying I'm not a suplex guy. I'm a gut range guy. So I'm going to stay in my lane. I'll stay in my lane. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, man. Cobb's the man, dude. So I don't I know. It sounds like a match with that guy. It sounds like a recipe for a classic to me, man. Everything you just I, mentioned I, right there. Oh, oh for I sure. No, it, for sure. It, it'd, be, it'd be a good one, man. And it'd be cool to wrestle him, you know, fuck anywhere instead of some little, some little, uh, Midwest, not mid, this little mid California town, Salinas. You know, get, <laughs> do it in front of a crowd that might actually appreciate it more. Not, not to knock no doubt, no doubt. Salinas. Ooh, you getting heat from Salinas? Good. <laughs> <laughs> Anything for Salinas? That defined me now. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know what they had. Ah, right. Fuck them. Fuck them. They didn't, they didn't know what they had. Jack, Jeff Cobb uh, loves sports. Let's see that. Ooh, I'm done. It would be fun. I know. And here's the thing: like, um, Jeff, he's doing jujitsu now, so I know, I know his holds, his holds are gonna get good. And I, and we, Ooh. we love because he was in Vegas too. So I told Jeff, hey, I'm gonna join you. You know, so I'm gonna try okay. to get in that submission game. Okay. That'll be fun. Okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. You know. So the fans are winning. You hear that, Ooh. ladies and gentlemen? The fans are winning. Absolutely. That'd be fun. We'll see. Someday. Speaking of fun, um, talk to me about any fun experiences you may have had with, like, fans or matches. Like, any impromptu moments where, like, some crazy fan jumped in or some shit or, or, or I don't know, maybe uh, they try to heckle you or something. There's, um, okay, this is a cool, this match, I wish more people saw it. Uh, I did a show in Portland. And I'm friends with Chell Sonnen because uh, Chell and I used to train with each other. He used to come to Oregon State where I wrestled, and he, he would roll around with me and a bunch of the guys on the team. Oh, so me and Chell became buddies. And I did this show 
uh, in Portland, and I took on Shab. Uh, Shab's big. If you guys follow Defy, Defy's that Seattle promotion. Shab was he, he, he's a good dude, and he's he's someone to kind of keep your eye on in the future. I, he's he's an up and comer. Um, so me and Shab are having this match, and I said to Shab, I'm like, hey man, like my Chael Sonnen's here. We should get him involved in the match. And, and Shab's like, dude, that'd be awesome. So. What I did, uh, I texted Chell, hey, do you want to get involved in our match? And the, the match is in, like, this little rinky-dink bar. The ring's taking up all the space. Um, but what we did was I got Chell involved in the match where I was going to take Shaft. I was going to run Shaft's head into Chell's fist. But Shaft pulled the old one-two and switched it, and I hit my head into Chell's fist. Oh, oh nice. So nice, nice, nice. So that was – and it's just like, like I said, man, like the Selena show with Jeff Cobb, you know, then this show in Portland, this little bar, you know, Chell Sonnen's there, and we're doing this spot. I mean, like I said, you put it anywhere else, people would go crazy. But it's just so funny that, you know, that was probably one of the cooler, I wouldn't say Chell's a fan, but that's a cool person in the crowd interaction. There was, a, um, there was another fun match with the same company where I took on Cobb, Billy Gunn and I wrestled. And, mm-hmm. and nice. Billy Gunn uh, trained me for a little bit when I was in developmental. And nice. So like he's just like he doesn't give a fuck. He he's gonna <laughs> wing everything you do. And this one fan bought like brought like a rubber big sledgehammer, and he just the whole match, half the match is just Billy Gunn just whipping the shit. I mean, this rubber sledgehammer. <laughs> and then him and I. <laughs> and then him and I wrestled the next night. And a fan brought lightsabers. So there's a point oh, where you're going to fight them. You know, so there's some wacky fun stuff like that. Thank God nobody brought a, dildo, a dildo. Shit. <laughs> I know. Dude, I, I would have put, put it past anyone. Like, depends, on, depends on what California you are. Yo, you got to be careful. I hear he's an ass man, so it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> There could have been a interesting spot. You take care of a lot on your on your on your plate, man, and, and what you do is not easy and you do it very well. So uh I gotta ask you what do you do on your downtime, man? How do you how do you take it down a notch? When you get home to chill, what what what's on your on your mind? What are you doing to relax? What, how do you kick back? I'll, I'll, I'll say that, uh, say that uh, between pro wrestling, working out, and watching wrestling, one of the things I was doing to create income was I was substitute teaching. So between pro wrestling and being a substitute teacher, I mean that was an experience all on its own. And the thing is, man, I try to I try to keep a low profile with these goddamn kids. So the the thing is, the teachers are the biggest stooges. They tell the kids you do pro wrestling, and then they they get all hyped about it, and they ask the same damn questions every single time. And so between pro wrestling, I do substitute teaching, and it's just always the same. Do you know John Cena? Do you know the play? <laughs> yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you. Is yeah. it fake? Is it fake? What do you what do you do is fake, and it's just funny because there'll be there'll be a match where I'm doing a, a fucking hardcore match, and then the next day I'm teaching kindergartners. So, <laughs> it's 
It's an so, have you ever done? Oh. Have you ever done a hardcore match and then taught a kindergarten class? <laughs> yes. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I did. I did the same I building. Did show Thursday. I did a match Thursday. <laughs> in the in the same building. In the same no, building. That would be crazy. <laughs> I've, had, wow. I've had a few students. Come to my show that I've taught. No shit. High school kids that come. Yeah, I've had a few. Yeah, I've had a few. That's dope. That's dope. So, how many kids? That's true. How many kids have you gut wrenched? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wanted to. <laughs> I coach. I coach high school wrestling too. Nice. And there's no. been there's been a time where I'm like fucking want to try a move. And there's a crash pad in the high school room. So there's been a top couple of the kids I coach. I'm like, hey, man, I need to use you real quick. And the one uh, coach, nice. Jack, I'm like, don't worry about it. I got you. So I've thrown around a couple <laughs> of the high school kids for practice. You know, whether it's being a gut wrench or a power bomb or like, I've even had, I've even been like, hey, I need you to throw, I need you to try this move on me. And they're like, well, how do I do it? Don't worry. You do it like this. I'll fling myself. It's easy. So oh, there's been man. a few cases of that. Nice. So, nice. you know. You know the memories you're giving these kids, man? That's amazing. I hope they appreciate it, but half the time with, this, with these kids these days, it comes in one ear, comes out the other, and then they forget about it, man. So who knows? Damn kids. kids. I tell the you. Damn kids. <laughs> you, know, you know when they remember it? When they start telling that story, and people are like, get the fuck out of here. And they realize that not everybody has that experience. That, well, what's funny is um, there's like a clip of my whole Cal Bishop gimmick on YouTube. I did Breaking Ground. And I looked at it the other day, and then I looked on the comments, and there was like four comments in a row. Was like, "Oh, that's my substitute teacher. That's my substitute teacher." And I'm like, really? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I, I, if, if things if things pick up for me, there might be a few. That's my substitute teacher shit going down. So it's all good, man. If I if I wasn't the grizzly, I'd be the substitute. So the substitute, listen, the substitute had one badass movie in the nineties. The, the repeats were too much, but they had one movie. <laughs> one movie. Two and three, not so much. But I, I think about that all the time. Someone made that joke that you'd be like the fucking substitute, man. <laughs> Yo, you can like, never pull that off. That would be so dope. You, but you got to come out like Loki in a full suit. Or at least oh, yeah, sure. that's what I'm... Sure. <laughs> I would be like um, the Key and Peely sketch when the stuff. Yes. <laughs> hey, hey, Ron! Oh. Huh? Hey, Ron! Hey, Ron! Check, Quinn! When I take Roland, Roland shit, man, that's half the reason why I never say the kids' names out loud. Just go, who's not here? Who's here and who's not here? I don't want to put that here. Yeah, exactly. That, that's always uh. good. Whenever they ask me to cover a class, I say, Who's, if you're not here, raise your hand. Because, I mean, I'm yeah. the social worker. Leave me alone. This <laughs> 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 shit, shit in my job, man. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, man. Cal, um, I want to thank you for your time, man. I appreciate you joining us tonight, man. Uh, thank you for what you do, man. We really appreciate your work. Uh, we got to get you on. When Next time you're on in Jersey, please hit us up. Uh, first round is definitely on yeah. us. Definitely. Um, but before we go, we like to end with a round of chair shots. We call it the lightning round. Uh, Mischief, gonna take it away from us. <laughs> you asshole, you said that backwards. Yeah, right? It was just the other way. It's the, light, the lightning round that we call around the chair shot. Dyslexia is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vic, yeah, Vic, you need a substitute? I, I know a guy. 
Alright, contact, go. So, uh, lightning round, right around the chair shots. What's your favorite cheat meal? Cheat meal, I would say, damn, that's a good. Why would you ask me that question? I don't have a cheat meal. Every meal is a cheat meal. So, <laughs> every, every meal is a cheat meal. That's right. Um, what's your favorite movie? What are you watching? Favorite, favorite movie that I watch. Um, fuck, damn it. These are good questions. It's funny when people always ask these questions on the spot. It's Vision Quest. Oh, it's classic. Damn. Damn. All right, cool. The inner wrestler in you. I love it. Right? Ah. Listen, <laughs> yeah. coach, coach's son. Come on now. Yeah, right? <laughs> Probably put um, that on every Saturday. If, uh, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Uh, it would be invisible. No, teleportation. Oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> <Man, wrestlers laughs> say that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nobody wants to travel. <laughs> no. Nobody. No. Hey, yeah. Um. Who's uh who's a person you want to meet, either real or fictional? Abe Lincoln, just because. Mm, dope, he dope. was a wrestler too. He was a wrestler yeah. too. Yeah. Yes, he was. And you know um, if he was a vampire killer, don't you? That's, <laughs> That's <I knew it. laughs> important question. <laughs> uh, what was the worst purchase you've ever made? Where you're like, had... you're like, this shit is dumb, man. I don't know why the fuck I bought this shit. <laughs> it's like every other thing I buy on Amazon. My <laughs> 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 no word, those packages come in, and I'm like, what the fuck was? Why would? Why did I buy this? I bought one that shoe. The worst, but I bought a. I have a dog, and I bought him a security shirt, and it was like a size for like a kitten. Um, <laughs> why the fuck did I buy this thing? <laughs> Pretty lousy buy. Did he even fit him like a muscle shirt? No. <laughs> I mean, couldn't even get over his head. And then I tried to return it, and I, I screwed up, and I was like, I just threw it away. It was a waste of like 20 bucks. Honestly, if you order something, you're not returning it. Like, yeah, you can't. The, yeah, the trouble you're going to go through to return it is enough. Yeah, yeah, you're screwed. Well, you've got a long uh, uh, career as an athlete, right? You, you've been athleticizing your whole life. So, That's all I've been doing. Um, That's all I know how to do. <laughs> what um? What's the dumbest way you've ever been injured? Oh fuck! I was in practice once in eighth grade, and my wrestling coach double legged our heavyweight on my wrist. And I dislocated my wrist because uh, they fucked up. Motherfucker! Uh, yeah, that was pretty dumb. But I would say uh, the dumbest way I've gotten hurt was I hurt my shoulder <laughs> doing just rolls in pro wrestling we were doing rolls and i rolled on my shoulder and something happened it wasn't the way i dislocated but i did something like that and that was like really what the fuck man you ever, you ever been hurt mid-match and you got to finish the match in pro wrestling not so much but in college wrestling i was wrestling with a kid um it was actually not too far from my hometown and the kid was like Almost 300 pounds. And this is in college. The dude, like, shot on my knee. And, like, I blew my whole knee out. But the adrenaline was pumping. And I still finished the match and I won. And then uh, I had – but I still kept wrestling that season with my leg taped up. And then after the end of the season, I had, my, I had my surgery on my knee. I thought I was just going in for a PCL repair. 
apparently I tore my PCL, my LCL, my ACL, and a muscle. And I had oh, my no God. Idea. So I just blew my whole fucking knee out. So, so you had your ACL. Yeah. So <laughs> surgery was only supposed to go on an hour in, like, maybe 10 minutes. It went on for almost five hours. And what's <laughs> fucked up is my left leg was hanging off the table the entire time. It was my right knee screwed up that it fucked up the nerves in my back. So I woke up, and I swear to God, I thought that they they operated on my left leg and not my right leg. I'm like, oh my like God. what is going on? So I lost the whole feeling <clears throat> in my left leg because they, they fucked up the nerves. So they had to pump this weird, like, shit into my body, and, like, I didn't leave the hospital for, like, a, like another week until, like, my oh left my leg God. came back to life. So Holy crap. That, that, that was an experience. Damn, they opened your knee up and they were like, man, fuck this guy. Well, that's the thing. I don't know, because this happened in 2009. So I don't know if the MRIs weren't as good as they were you know, now. So I don't know if they just didn't see it or they Maybe Maybe because you continue wrestling on it. Maybe you had a lot of, a lot of scar tissue and they couldn't realize that, it. That, that's the thing. And, you know, like my college coaches, man, they're – they were hit or miss sometimes. I, there could have been a chance where they didn't tell me because they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want me. They wanted me because they're all about, you know, fucking be tough. You know, that's why yeah. people talk about, like, mm. a certain coach who I was talking about. No, not a chance. He, mm. they, they would never let you do that. Not in a mm. million years. But college is different, man. So, you know, some people were saying, why didn't you sue? And I'm like, I just. It's not my thing. I didn't. I was like, gonna ask, I, man. Are we wings you know, or what now? <laughs> I was 19, dude. I was I was just a kid. Yeah. I didn't know what. Uh, I just, young boy. Yeah. Who knows? I didn't know anything. So that wasn't and running through my mind. Now, if it was home. now, I'm like, we're taking your ass to court. But now it's, you know, it's <laughs> totally different. And the thing is that totally in, in that in that type of environment at that age, like it's all about loyalty, right? So you're not thinking about yeah, that. Seriously, yeah. I'm like you know, you're what they say is is. Is what how you know you're just gonna do everything they say. So at that time, you know, it's like you know, okay, yes sir, no sir. That's how it goes, man. The hunger, it's the hunger, the hunger speaks yeah, out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's but that was definitely the wor- one of the worst injuries I've ever had. Just being paralyzed for well, that was crazy. Mm. That's wow. Listen, it's scary, yeah. dude. Like Very you wake scary. up and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what's your fa- <laughs> completely like changing gears, right? What's your favorite sports <laughs> team? <laughs> I'm uh, reading, like I'm reading the list of chair shots, and I'm like, "Fuck, this is not like this doesn't go." But <laughs> what's your favorite <laughs> okay. sports team? Uh, it's between the Raiders because fuck Oakland. Now they're Vegas. Las Vegas, right? Oh, okay. eh? So and, that's why. Uh, uh, now it's now it's the Golden Knights for hockey. Oh, so, oh, yeah. oh nice. you're I'm a new I'm a newborn Golden Knights fan though, so don't try to quiz <laughs> me on. Just, you know, but it, so you the Raiders and the Golden Knights. You're a hockey guy. You 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 follow hockey. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't before because I've had buddies that are trying. They try to get me into liking San Jose. I'm just like, Hatch. not into them. <laughs> not into them. Nope. Get behind that. Not team. gonna be able to do it. No. no. <laughs> going Las Vegas. Hell yeah. So, I'm all about the Raiders. So. And, well, um, and shout out to Josh Jacobs. He's on. He's on your fantasy team. That's the only reason you yeah. shot him out, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um. So in wrestling, what's more important, 
for you, in your opinion, the face okay. or the heel? Oh, man, that's a great question. It's so funny because nowadays they're like, we don't have face and heel. It's all about how we all perform. It, obviously, it's going to be heel because the heel can make the faces job so goddamn easy. And if you have a guy who's willing to be a dick and who can do his job, he can make anyone look good, it's always going to be the heel. And that's, that's the guy who, can, you know, you could talk. If you're, if you're such a good heel, you can make any baby face. So it's the heel. It's always the heel. I, what's your favorite role to play? Heel. Give it a chance. Heel. Um, Another one for the bad guys. But here's the thing, man. In the indies, it's different because you want people to like you because then they get more invested in you, that you get more of a fan following. They're going to buy your shirts. They're going to follow you on social media. They're going to be cool with what you do. If you're on TV, it doesn't fucking matter. So that's when you want to be a fucking dick, and then you can, you're, re you're, you're reliable if you're a great heel. That's why, like, you see certain guys that are in the business for so long because they're, so, they're reliable. They can keep going. They're great heels. Even if you're like, why the fuck is this guy still going? He's a good mm -hmm. heel, whether mm -hmm. his in-ring ability is there or not. So, I was like talking thing. about the Miz. <laughs> could, be, could be him. It could be anybody. He's been there really long. How, um, who's your favorite heel? Favorite all-time heel? Yeah. Uh, that's a great, I probably, I like Kurt when he was. I like Kurt oh, nice. when he was a heel. He was he was awesome. Nice. And then it's like you look at someone like Eddie, who was so good at being a heel that people loved him to death. So mm -hmm. then he became a babyface. You know, mm -hmm. so it it would be between Eddie and Kurt. Probably Eddie. Eddie by a little bit. Facts. It was fun. Fun to see him. Yeah. You could tell he was having fun. Absolutely. So. Like I said before, right, you've been an athlete for a very long time. Um, do you have any, like, pre-show, pre-game, pre-match rituals that you go through, just something to kind of get yourself there? It, it depends because, like, okay, for example, like, if you take a show and there's a lot of beer drinking, guys will lay back or something. Maybe I might have a beer or something, but it depends on the show. If it's more of a serious show, really, to be honest, I don't have any, like, just – main rituals or anything that I go through my head. It's just, I just want to make sure that I do good. If I do good, the other guy should do good. Uh, just as long as I'm laid back and like you watch the other matches that go on so you don't repeat spots or anything. As long as like that's kind of my ritual is just calm, stretching, no crazy warm-ups. I always warm up before the show anyway. So that's about it. But it just depends on the atmosphere. Some of my best matches have been – fucking kicking it with the boys and doing whatever and then going out there and just have doing my thing. Some of them have just been like going with a guy whose level is up there and you want to match his pace and match what he can do. Mm -hmm. So it really it just depends on who I who I go with and just the atmosphere on pre match rituals. Um again, Caljack, thank you for your time, man. We really appreciate it. What's um what's something you want to let people know about you? Right, cut your promo, do your thing, sell yourself, let them know who you are, where to find you, and all that. Easy. Uh, well, I want people to know about me. And there was a time when I would say it'd be nice to be, you know, it's good to be humble and shit, but that's not the case anymore. There's only one Division I All American wrestler.
wrestler in the game right now when it comes to the Indies. There's only one dude who can say his old man put Dr. Death to his back twice. There's only one team who won Athlete of the Year's College as a state champion in California, who was an All-American national champion, went and wrestled Junior Field Worlds. He's trying to be the best independent wrestler if they give him a chance, hence why he had to leave a certain era. Why this dude is trying to be the guy in the Indies. I'm just trying to be my best, man. And that's all I can do. When you're always ready, you never have to get ready. And I am your grizzly pal, Cal Jack. Yes. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate you, man. Thank you again for your time. Uh, We got to do this again sometime. Please don't forget, you ever in the Jersey area, hit us up. Let us know. First round is definitely on us, man. We're definitely going to catch the show. Oh, yeah, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Many blessings, and we look forward to seeing your work, man. Absolutely. Look forward to hanging out with you guys. Absolutely. Take care, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome.